0: Welcome to Infinity Rewatch, the opposite podcast of Outfinity Rewatch. Those guys are horrible. Please don't yeah. listen to them. I'm Andy and Fantasia, they... and I am joined by Mr. And all Marvel. They...
1: <laughs> and all they talk about on this output, no watch is freaking yeah. DC. That's all they talk about. Boo! Boo. Boo. Ryan, Boo! Ryan
0: loves DC, but I don't. Yeah. He's the he's How always How dare you every time How go to dare his house, you
1: slander this podcast with such blasphemy.
0: You open the door to Ryan's apartment and there's just a big poster of Wonder Woman 1984 that you have to walk through like a curtain before you can get into the actual. Oh. And then you go into his room and his bed sheets are Shazam. Right?
1: <laughs> don't you Don't you be talking about my superhero bed sheets, man. Don't you Don't you do that.
0: Isabella really wanted Wonder Woman bedsheets, but you're like, nope, <laughs> it's Shazam. Shazam or nothing. Shazam or divorce. That's Actually,
1: it. it if, I were, if I were a DC fan, I would have corrected you right then and there, and I'd be like, it's Captain Marvel. It's not even Shazam, baby. Yeah. You're but, absolutely right. But I live on the Marvel side of life. I am a red-blooded, red-blooded Marvel fan, and I'm happy to be here because... We're happy to be back. We went on a little hiatus from Moon Knight, but we got Ms. Marvel to carry us through till Thor: Love and Thunder in less than a month. Literally today,
0: less than a month. That's right, less than a month. Uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta get on top of those tickets soon. But Miss Marvel came out on the greatest day of the year, June 8th, which is Ghostbusters Day. Which yep. automatically makes it the greatest day of the year, among <laughs> other reasons. Uh, but I was so happy from the get-go because Ryan, we are—I mean, I love Moon Knight. You know how much you know. I was—I was right there along the ride for Moon Knight. I was really digging it. Um, but Miss Marvel was a return to colorful Marvel, which I feel like we haven't seen in a minute. I Feel like it, I can't remember the last time we saw like the. Mm-hmm flashy colorful marvels probably shang chi maybe um, i would actually
1: i would agree shang chi was very very colorful actually so mm-hmm. i'd agree with that
0: so it's it's that's one of the things i love most about Marvels is that aesthetic of it so to come to miss marvel who by the way is played by a good toronto girl that's it she's from toronto she's from Ontario, come on baby Iman. Yes, Iman welcome to Mar. and she's what I love about her is she is a huge diehard mcu fan too apparently from what I hear so like
1: I heard she's a fan in general like she's a oh. she's like you can like apparently like they do comic book quizzes with her and everything and she actually had an apparently she had an epic nerd conversation with feige that's how that's how intense she is
0: that's beautiful I hope feige is like one day he's like Iman you are the new president of Marvel. And she's like, oh, I know. <laughs> yes. she, just, she's, she doesn't even miss a beat. She just rolls up her sleeve. She's like, okay, people, we're moving on to phase 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I hope that day, I, as much as I hope that day comes, I hope it never comes because Feige can't do no wrong, man. I would, I would be so, I would need a day, a two, you know what? I I'd need a whole week off. If I ever heard the news that Feige was stepping down, I would, and I don't even want to put that in the air right now. I just come back, yeah, come that. Don't come back. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, but if if that ever happens, it will be a sad day. Even if we're on like phase 15 or whatever, it'll be a sad, sad day. I hope he gets into Stan Lee years and he's still coming out with phases at that point. Like the fearless Feige still does it, still doing it.
0: I feel oh, like I um you. if that does happen, which again don't happen. But if that does happen, um, I feel like bosses everywhere will understand. It'll become a week of mourning. Um, it's kind of like back in the NES days in Japan when Dragon Warrior came out and like people would just take the day off work to play the new Dragon Warrior. And the bosses were like, yeah, <laughs> we understand. Dragon Warrior is coming out. Like, I feel like that same Together. thing is happening. You'll be like, yeah, no, boss, I... sorry.
1: Yeah. No, it's that like uh, on the unfortunate time when Stan Lee passed on, like there was, there was a moment in my family where my parents were like, like guys, like we're so sorry. Like this, this is, this is a dark day indeed. And, it was, and like, it was like, I needed a day, man. Like I need a few days to get over that. Like it was not easy, but if I, if that ever, if Feige ever stepped down, Oh my God. net. Let's take it. Let's, let's. This conversation never happened. Everyone <laughs> just, just, bring it back in.
0: Well, you never know. He might be so disheartened because I heard Feige watched Morbius and he was like, I can never be that good. (laughs) And there's rumors swirling right now that that's sort of the attitude at the offices that he's just kind of, you know, they walk past his office. They're like, Kevin, you okay, buddy? And the morale is just down. He's just like, we can't ever reach Morbius. It's, what are we going to do? And uh, that's why I heard phase five is canceled. And Feige is just, uh, he's walking out the door after this phase. He's just saying, sayonara. I'm going to go God. join a monastery and rethink my life.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no. Oh, but but in the end, he did it, man. And again, he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And Miss Marvel did not disappoint. Not only, not only was it another return to form in terms of like comic book color, like really eye-popping color. Uh, it's a return to form for the teenage superhero, the the, the coming of age story that, that made Spider-Man so relatable and this formula works and it brings so much cultural diversity and yet still tells that, that coming of age story that we can all share an experience. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit that this show got a little review bombed from some angry nerds but like, Aww. but but at the same time, like this is you know, if you think like, oh, you know, they're just trying to be Spider-Man. There's nothing wrong with that formula. There is absolutely nothing. And you could you could tell so many teenage coming of age stories that fit within that narrative. And she's that perfect character. And, and what she's going to do for that that audience, like for for the, uh, the young women audience, she's going to she's going to she's going to deliver that Spider-Man story to them. And they're gonna have their Spider-Man story to grow up with, like it's huge. Like this is a very monumental experience, and you have to think about it because um, Zochi did a great job in Doctor Strange as uh, as as Miss America. I think that's her name, Miss Uh, America. America, Yeah, America Chavez. She didn't win the Miss
0: America pageant. I did. Thank you. No,
1: Miss. I was thinking. I was thinking of the Six Forgotten Warriors. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, but uh, America Chavez, like. She had a great story and a very relatable one, but it was within the narrative of Doctor Strange. This time, Miss Marvel's cameras on her; it's her story through and through. Lots of culture, um, a lot of great culture references of like you know growing up within that kind of family, and it's it's beautiful. I, I have a lot. I have a lot of hopes in terms of how Miss Marvel plays within the Marvel world, which we'll talk about. Um, but uh because i have a, i have a lot of questions about this show in terms of just interest in where it's going but i have to say like as a marvel fan like this is a coming this is like an, a true coming of age story that we haven't had since spider-man if you think about it yeah. and and if you take another step back you have to realize like there's not many teenage superheroes in this, in this mcu thus far like there's nothing there's nothing uh, they're like, I can think of Spider Man and I can think of uh, America Chavez, and then I can think of uh, Sprite, but Sprite doesn't count because Sprite's like a 500 year old god of some kind.
0: Sprite's collecting pension checks. It that <laughs> doesn't count. No. You're right. No, it, she, and it. what's important too, like the just the, the fact you mentioned of how this is for a group to grow up with a group of fans to go up with you're right because this is a really new character miss marvel yeah. i think she's only like the last decade she's been created or something like that like she's a really new character mm-hmm. so we have to realize that there is a group of young folks because as far as i know young folks still buy comic books i think I don't know. There are comic apps. There are digital comics, and I know young folks just like things to be digital now. Uh, I'm so old. Wow. Uh, (laughs) To be fair,
1: to be fair, I actually am on board with the the digital comics, and I'll tell you why before we get into like, oh, Ryan, what are you doing? I love <laughs> collecting comics. I love having physical comics. I have some physical comics. I would be very hard to like rip from my own hands. Uh, I know you have an infinite crisis omnibus that I would, you know, I would definitely peruse myself. It's right um, it's, it's huge. Uh, but that being said, I, I love the convenience. I do love the convenience of digital because for example, when I used to travel a lot for work, having a, uh, a device uh, like, and this is not a plugin, so just bear with me here. But having a device like my Surface Pro 8, where it's like, where it's essentially, uh, uh, where it's essentially a PC that acts as a tablet. It's been perfect to literally load up a comic and just like just start going through it, and it's cool too because you can zoom into the images and really get an appreciation for the art. So that's why like I I do like a digital side to it, but on the same side of the coin, there's nothing like picking up pages and turning the pages at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's a special feeling. It's holding those pages, and I gotta say, again, this is gonna make me sound like I'm I I feel like I sound like I'm such a grumpy old man when I talk like this. I'm not. (laughs) I promise. I am a childlike gleeful person, but when I pick up a new modern comic, I don't like the way it looks and feels compared to like a comic from like the early nineties where it had that newsprint paper and that smell and you get all those cool retro ads for like things that don't exist anymore. You know, (laughs) the the cyber run role-playing game in stores now. Ask your local hobby shop. Like that's that's what I like, uh, and the the look of those comics is just far better than the modern ones. But anyways, I digress, or maybe I don't digress. This is a comic book show after all. But Miss Marvel comics are they have been for however long she's been around the last decade.
1: She I think she came out like literally on the later end of the two thousands to two thousand ten. Like she just came out around that time.
0: Okay, perfect. So that gives her a nice stretch of time where we have had a group of kids who grew up reading those. You know, there's these kids yeah. who grew up who were like, wow, there's there's a hero who's my age. I want that one. And that became their Spider-Man. Um, I don't think there's a Miss Marvel animated series. so.
1: Well, she she's a part of, she's been a part of a couple of them. She's been a part of Avengers Assemble, which again, if you watch Earth's Mightiest Heroes versus Avengers Assemble, it does not compare... But there are some charming moments in Avengers Assemble, uh, and yes, uh, Miss Marvel is in it, and she is a fun character. Um, so, if we're on the subject of media representation for this character, cartoon-wise, she's in two big ones: Marvel Rising, which is like a very uh, youth-inspired cartoon that like really has a lot of teenage heroes, and it's very rah-rah, and and you know, very. Um, a very open-minded show that really connects with a lot of different audiences who may associate with uh you know lbg LBGTQIA, all those kind of groups which is fantastic and i love it and and i love that they're doing shows that can that really communicate with those audiences because mm-hmm. marvel has a lot of narratives that help people kind of get through those you know difficult times especially with through stories like x-men like that's why x-men as big as it is because they've been telling yeah. those kind of stories for a very long time um but she's in marvel rising and she's also in um she's also in avengers assemble one of my favorite stories and this game's kind of controversial in terms of its reception but marvel's avengers uh she's the lead narrative uh she's oh, the that's right character uh and they actually kind of really pull in the 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 core of her character which is a great segue into the actual show so we can kind of bring it in here Beautiful. Uh, as we do it now the the key to her character is um she comes in an interesting time in a lot of the kind of the comic book stories uh where like the avengers are disassembled like disassembled like they they don't like each other they're not getting along and she comes in with a same perspective as we do as fans, which she comes in as a fan. And it works, it create as, as a writing approach, it really creates a, a unique symmetry with you, the the reader, and her the character, because what ends up happening is like she's like, You're Captain America, oh my God, like and she kind of geeks out. But they do it in such a genuine way that you would probably have the same reaction if like, and it sounds kind of corny, but like, think about it. Like you would have the same reaction as if you were meeting Chris Evans who played Captain America. Like you right. would, you would, you would see them in a light that that they don't normally see that see in themselves. So that kind of created this unique perspective of her character and she she becomes you know as colson so aptly describes the glue of the characters because of her childhood perspective of these heroes and and i think she brings this very admirable hero worship quality that she has and like and she does it so perfectly in the show i mean i love that the show kind of opens up with this narrative of her look on the Avengers and talks about, I love, she talks about Captain Marvel's disappearance and like, yo, she's got to she just saved the world. She's going to get take a break. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like, wow, Foggy, way to slip that in there. It's just like, we, like we hear what you got, we hear what the fans are saying, but <laughs> just let you know, she needs a break, you know, let she the woman single- take a coffee
0: break. <laughs> she
1: just, she single-handedly like took on Thanos. Like she deserves a break herself. So I thought that was I actually almost spit out my cereal watching that with (laughs) you because I thought that was stupid and funny. But yeah, so that genuine hero worship is going to be a big arc for her character throughout this whole thing, because not only is it going to help build up her, which is, again, beautiful parallels to ourselves reading these heroes kind of getting this moral center Um, but, uh, but at the same time, that's going to play a role in her story. A lot of building herself up as a hero in this thing.
0: The hero worship, uh, the, like the Avengers hero worship that she has is something big that I took away from this that I really want to talk about, but I want to get into it later when we talk about her mom. Uh, because there, I feel like there's a connection there. But what a great way to introduce us to this girl uh, by showing in this little YouTube video she's making that she is an expert on all things Avenger, up to and including her crazy clickbait theory for her next video is right. Thor is, in fact, secretly a gamer. We saw that in Endgame. (laughs) He spent a lot of time with Korg just playing. I don't know what they were playing, but he was yelling at some 12-year-old. So she somehow... She's a smart cookie, we know that. She's smart enough to figure out somehow that he is that kind of guy. He likes to play a good game every once in a while. Uh, and this setup for her as a character, it, it's the most, I think, boots on the ground that Marvel has ever gotten with its audiences. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the most of like, this is you. This is you, audience. We're putting you in a story. Um, so I, you know, I still have not played that Avengers game. It doesn't really look like it would appeal to me, but I think that that was a very smart choice for whoever made that game to make her the character that you step into. Uh, especially because from what I gather in the story of that game, the Avengers are already established and very well known. So instead of making you one of these giant mythic figures, they're putting you in the boots of somebody who eventually gets to work with them. Um, you
1: got it. You got it. I will say though, in this story where she takes over is Avengers. It, it starts with the Avengers having the A Day, which is like celebrating the Avengers, and, until it uh, goes wrong. Until something goes wrong, uh, and after that point, the Avengers have a court case after this big event that like causes damage to the city. They have a court case, and it comes down to Banner's testimony where he says, "I don't believe that you know the Avengers are here to help." Like. I think they're more dangerous than, than they're more dangerous, and they shouldn't be there. So it causes the Avengers to separate, go their own way, and then thus Kamala's story starts because of the events of A Day, and uh, and she go, you go through the game re like recruiting all the Avengers, and she she's the one that reminds them why they do what they do, and so that's yeah that's the narrative of
0: the game. I wouldn't be surprised if that exact story ends up happening in a movie because that is a Mm -hmm. great idea. Um, I probably won't play the game anytime soon, and I don't care about spoilers. So spoil one thing for me. Uh, Who is the main villain in this game?
1: Uh, The main villain is Modoc.
0: Okay. All right. That's fair.
1: But it alludes to to Kree intervention and... There's a scientist that was also a love interest for Banner. It Wasn't Betty. Uh, it was somebody else. Uh, I think her name's Monica. Uh, and yeah, she she kind of steals people's powers and puts them into androids and makes mm-hmm. these super androids. Kind of like kind of like human versions of sentinels.
0: So Monica is a big meanie.
1: Yeah, she's a big meanie. Wow. But yeah, so that's her story. So anyway, but yeah, the Kree gets in. Like in the end, they tease the Kree, and then there's a whole time there. they're actually, this is something that is worth noting. The game's expansion talks about time and intervention, and it's called. I think it's called Future Imperfect, and uh, and Hawkeye goes into like a time coma, and I hate and, those. I hate when I go into uh, a time coma. Time coma, yeah, and it's because like his. Because it's like life kind of crosses roads in a weird way. Anyway, that could play like she could play a part with Kang. She definitely everyone seems like they're they're teasing the Young Avengers, which I totally get because they're really only missing one member, and that's it. Like they have every other member on the roster for the Young Avengers except for one, and that's Hulkling. Um, But that's a tough character to introduce, so. It could be possible, could be done, but Young Avengers could happen. But yeah, going back to uh, Kamala, uh, yeah, it's uh, oh man, yeah, it's she, she's got a really interesting story, and I, I'm very curious how big this story can
0: get. Well, yeah, the it's funny we did. I think we did such a great. I say we. I didn't work. Andrew did not work on this show. Let me clarify that. <laughs> you did. Uh, the, you did. The showrunners. I, I gave them some feedback on their logo. They said, what do you think of this logo? And I said, neat. And they said, okay. That was, that was my, my, my that was contribution me. to Miss Marvel. Um, but in this span of 42 minutes, or however long this episode was, what a terrific job they did setting up the world and the characters who orbit Kamala. Um, we got to see her. You know, She's having some trouble in school. She has a guidance counselor, Mr. Wilson, uh, who's I'm sure going to come back because he was a great character. Uh, and he's talking to her about her future. We learn she's in junior year uh, and she's not really sure what she wants to do. And I I wanted to bring a little irrelevant to everybody except me kind of thing up, because I always find this funny. We have a lot of listeners who are from United States uh, and, you know, other parts of the world, whatever we are from Canada, you and I are from Canada. And I, I wanted to bring this up because i it's something I always think about, but this is the first time I've found a place to talk about it here, which is we in Canada, at least my high school, Ryan, we don't say freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. That's a very American thing. We just say grade nine, grade 10, grade 11, grade 12. That's, And I, I think that... That's just a fun little thing that people don't know about us weird Canadians Mm. tucked away all the (laughs) way up here. Uh, We yeah we never when whenever somebody in a movie is like I'm in my junior year, I always have to sit for like a second and do the math. I'm like that means that okay that's grade eleven. It's 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 literally another language at that point. It gets a little lost in translation. So she is for for you Canadian listeners. Kamala is in grade eleven. She has one more year to go, but she is already feeling the pressure. From guidance counselors and parents to think about her future. We have been there, haven't we?
1: Mm-hmm. We've been there around the block a few times. Uh I honestly I love the one thing that I wanted to highlight in this is the definitely the comic book feel. They did a really good job of throwing animated graphics throughout the show. Like there is a ton. And it it kind of just sets the tone of this like fun comic book experience which is it's kind of meta in a way if you want to look at it um i like the guidance counselor in the high school feel because uh, uh the o- by the way the only other terminology i've heard in high school besides 9 10 11 12 is juniors and seniors that's it there uh, but you're like 9 and 10 you're junior 11 and 12 you're senior like that's that's literally the divide that's wow. the o- only time i've heard it um and don't get us started on Montreal because that's a whole different ballgame.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I the she's yep thing and all that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway. So I do like the 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 counselor thing again, just really capturing the tones of high school life. Uh, but that's I, you know, I was gonna say to you. I think I don't know. I don't think I. You know, I love that we watch together at the same time, and I always have this idea that we're gonna like message each other pretty rapidly, but we're so focused. But one of the things I wanted to point out was um, the whole counselor thing, like the counselor, the counselor, you know, in high school, I loved, I loved every little detail of her spending time in her life, though it's an origin story. It's, it doesn't feel boring. Like it's, yeah. it's so good. And I wanted to point that out actually. Um, and I love the guidance counselor talk because again, we've all talked to our guidance counselors and it. Like they never really give you solid advice. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I like it's almost me, like getting like, your tarot card
0: read. They give you it's... advice, but it's like this advice could apply to fifty three other people. <laughs>
1: exactly. Like for me, they're like, yeah, you can go into uh, you can go into the trade. Yeah, why not? Uh, so. So blessed guidance counselors. They have a tough job. But anyway, but yeah, that, that's a great moment. And Mr. Wilson's a fun character, uh, you know, and we never know. Like, she's going to have a mentor character. So he could, he could play a mentor role down the road. Um, the key character that we need to keep an eye on is actually her dad. Her dad's a very powerful character that's going to really kind of shape her heroing story.
0: I, I loved her dad. He seemed like such a cool guy. I was genuinely hurt for him when he was like- The saddened. Hulk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, get out of here, you're embarrassing me. I was like, oh man, he's so, he's crying, the poor man. Um, no. But you, you said something so beautiful just now. You said it's an origin story, but we never feel bored. And I think that can be attributed to, you know, thanks to the comics, thanks to the cartoons, thanks to the beautiful binder of skybox trading cards that we grew up with, we knew everybody's like, we knew who, how Jubilee's origin went. We knew how Daredevil's origin. Like we knew everything because Miss Marvel is so new and I have never read anything with her in it or seen anything with her in it. I I don't know her origin. I, even though they changed her powers for, from what it is in the comics for the show, I had no idea what her origins are period. Mm-hmm. So I, watching this, I had like you, you, I didn't even realize till you said it just now, but watching this, I was never thinking like, okay, get to the radioactive spider. Like we, like knowing what's going to happen because I am going into a superhero movie slash show for the first time ever, I think, without having a clue what the origin is going to be like zero, zero clue.
1: Uh, and I don't want to spoil. T- well, I, I can't really spoil anything because I don't even know myself. Mm-hmm. So let's get into. Let's talk about some questions I have about this character, and it's more of just like open-ended questions. Like I don't have an answer for them. We can discuss it a little bit. And and viewers, Jonathan out there, and and a few others. Uh, I want you guys to throw in throw it, or I want everyone. I should start using that word more often. I want everyone to throw in their ta- throw in their opinion a little bit here. Um, This is going to be an interesting character because she moves through a lot of groups. Mm -hmm. First of all, she's a big member of the Avengers. She's a big member. We know that. So potentially could see some Avengers at some point. Although it's interesting because at this point, the Avengers are pretty disassembled. If you think about it. Yeah. Like they just survived Endgame. Yeah. You know, Iron Man's gone. Uh, I'm sure the campus is still there. I don't know who's, I don't know who's staying there. And like Widow's a criminal, uh, and and oh, she's dead. She, and she's, she's also she's dead. She's gone. Uh, Ye- Ye- uh, Yelena or Yelena is a criminal. She's a hitman. Yeah. I doubt she's going to come around. Kate Bishop is under Hawkeye's training, but she's not an official member. So they're pretty well scattered, from what we've seen um so the interesting thing is she also has another history and it's funny you bring up the change in her powers and the reason this is a very big deal not because it's traditionally a comic book move where it's like well it's not in the comics why would you do that like it's not it's not that simple the reason of her comic book change and why there's so much discussion about it is because her powers are tied to a very big lineage uh, her powers are tied to the Inhumans, Ooh. so if they changed it, are they going to still relate her to the Inhumans? Because in uh, she actually is in also Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, which I love the Ultimate Alliance series. Two was kind of a rocky ride, but <laughs> but one one and three are solid entries of those uh, those games. Um, but she actually uh, goes to goes to um, the moon in the negative zone to hang out with the Inhumans. Uh, and she actually gets familiar with them. And she kind of treats them as like a, a second family. Like she has to learn their culture, has to learn their you know learn the royal family a little bit so she actually has deep ties to uh blackagon bolt again or black bolt if you want to you want to go down that route so the big question is is like because of the change of her powers is she related to the inhuman still like is because like the terrigen crystal gives her her power and that's what that's what causes her to have the stretch ability um so in this case is it just a family heirloom is, it, is, is that crystal that's embedded in the bracelet? Is that is that the Terrigen crystal? And that she doesn't need the smoke to unlock her power? I don't
0: know. Now, how fun must that be for you, man? Because it's like, as somebody who knows the comics so well, to have this opportunity to be like, I legit have no idea where her powers are going to come from. That must be so cool for you to experience it that way.
1: It is. It's, you know, cause like I was always working with, it's like you, well, it's like you said, like, like, let's get to the spider bite. Like, but in this case for me, uh, this is the first time I'm going in with like no answers. Like I had, I had partial answers for other movies. Like I, like Dr. Strange, I know he goes through a car accident, gets his powers and like, blah, 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 boom. In the movie, I just don't know when it's going to happen and I don't know how it's going to affect him differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he has to go to Carmitage. Okay, that's not quite the same where the Ancient One is. Okay, we'll roll with it. Um, And then the Ancient One, uh, you know, and then like get into the whole powers thing from there. So it's like, I know, as I always say, Marvel's always good at making the events similar, but how they get to the events are very different. But with Miss Marvel, I don't even know the events because this character was at the time where I was kind of, part-time comic books and as not as much. And it wasn't until I ran into you again in, in college that I really kind of picked it up again and really got back into it. You're welcome. Um, Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll let, I'll let you have credit for that one because you you well deserve it for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so she, she came in on the scene when I was part-time at the, at the time. And to be fair, like it's not typically a comic book I'd, I'd go after But if I found her in the Avengers, then I'd be like, oh, cool. Let's who's this character kind of thing, which is what happened. Um, But yeah, so my big question is, is like with the big powers change, first of all, her powers look gorgeous. Like they translate the screen very well and it's very cool. Uh, But my big question is, is she still related to the Inhumans? Are we going to see a reintroduction of the Inhumans? Maybe as an end credit sequence, it's possible. But with, with this uncertainty of where Phase 4 is going, it's, could be, it could be a long shot. But at the same time, we did get the reintroduction of Black Bolt, or another reality of Black Bolt, in, uh, in uh, Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness. So if they do tell that story, let me ask you this as, as a writer. Do you think if they do the Inhumans, is it going to take away from her narrative with her family already?
0: That's a great question. Um, Her family seems like such an important central piece to all of this Mm -hmm. that you would have to be very careful not to upset the balance of that. Um, I think what they could potentially do is maybe through some kind of expository flashback because the mother seemed like, and I want to get more into the mom later, but the mother seemed like she had an idea. Like she turned around and she sees that bracelet and she's like, mm, don't touch that. That's junk. Uh, so it, we, if we get the feeling she knows something about that bracelet. And I, I got a lot of echoes of the Pixar movie Turning Red here, where it's like this thing that's like this magical thing. It's, oh my God, this is crazy. And then the mom is like, eh, well, it's actually hereditarily crazy. This has happened Mm -hmm. to all of us. So if that is the case, because that does come from her grandma, then the mom might end up having some kind of exposition thing where she says, this is what the story is behind this bracelet. And maybe in the same way that we see Kamala's drawings tell these little cool stories in the margins, we could see a different drawing as if it's the mother's memory maybe it looked like watercolor paint or something describing the story of this bracelet. And maybe you could put the humans in that. It might not even be a physical appearance, but just more of like a, a, an animated depiction in this flashback. And I think that would be a cool way to tie them in without losing focus on the family. But I mean, we know how Marvel fans work and so does Feige, thankfully. So Feige knows once we see that, once we see, you know, the moon and we hear the word and we're gonna be like okay so when are they coming and you yeah know, in my case more along the lines of when is crystal coming and can i meet her uh, <laughs> <laughs> well i, sounded I like just want, to, I just I'm want sorry. to see
1: black bolt again man black <laughs> bolt. Give, give him that full regalia oh my god yes
0: i want black bolt to have to give a speech on a wedding that's what i want to say <laughs> somebody's getting okay, married they're like be- black Bolt, we really want you to give a speech man please
1: he would literally do this. He'd be like, uh, and then like everyone would be dead. Like, just the whole wedding would be done. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think that it might overshadow a little bit. It could be kind of like an end credit teaser, um, based on based on the idea of the Inhumans. Of, of, could the TV show is kind of like Marvel doesn't even want you to acknowledge that ever happened, like they did, which which is both good and bad because that means that they want to reset them. They want to reset them for a better suited like story narrative. Now, the interesting thing they could do uh, is like she could her family could be involved with the Cree because the Cree are the cause of the inhumans. like the, like, or sorry, the inhumans are caused by the Cree because the Cree come to Earth in a long, long time ago, and they test humans and then through the testing, gives them supernatural powers and then the inhuman's are created and then the inhuman's because they're different they go off into the moon they become more advanced uh, and they decide to start like this royal line and this whole thing because like the most powerful rule all of like at adi- i can't remember the, the name of the inhuman place right now but so Adalon is Adalon like- yes yeah. thank you yes uh, so that that whole narrative so the The interesting thing about about this is like her mom mentions something about her head in the clouds and doesn't like that that uh Kamala is heads are in the cloud or her head is in the clouds as well. So it could mean that they may find like something like a piece of a Kree Sentry or her family, and they maybe they got maybe they got ousted from finding this like unique thing and they don't want like you know people just don't want to acknowledge that that's real or whatever but then they you know get these powers and then they get ostracized and and they realize you know what we're not superheroes like this is not for like maybe the concept of superheroes is not even a thing like they're just like we just this is going to be weird we don't want any part of this so whatever uh so they leave it and then kamala discovers it and then discovers the hist maybe through the discovery of the history of her family they they tell her like, look, we found this alien thing. We don't know what it means. We don't know what it is. And then later on, Captain Marvel comes along. Oh, you have Kree technology. And that's the band, and the band gives her power.
0: Yeah, that could very well happen. Um, and who knows? They could even go another route and say, uh, this was a bracelet made by Phaestos the Eternal many thousands of years ago. He just made this bracelet. And a human found it, passed it on to her ancestors, etc. Uh, that's
1: true. That would actually give a lot more reason for the Eternals to actually have like a more connected story of like what the the more of more deeper look into the consequences of what happened. Because I think that's the biggest problem with their movie is like what cons aside from a giant statue, which apparently no one's talking about on planet Earth, you know, because the the events of Eternals happened post Endgame and moon night and miss marvel take place post end game and we still haven't heard anything about a giant statue in the middle of nowhere uh, <laughs> so you're i think you're yeah you're i think you're right that might might be a fast dose technology which is interesting as well
0: yeah any connection to them it would be very welcome at this point because i want to feel the trickle down consequences of their actions um so make that happen make that happen start putting that in there somebody somebody do it. Um, now, she, we, we get a sense that she is, she has like a, a connection with her dad because he's a more empathetic guy and he understands her. The mom is very strict. She's very old world. She's like, no, nope, this is how it is. This is what I say. Let's do it. Uh, like when we meet the mom, the first thing we hear coming out of her mouth, I think is just like, go do this. Or, like, she calls the brother, come down and put this away from me. Like, it's, it's very, like, she's a, she's a taskmaster, this lady. She is, <laughs> she, she is running this home, and she, she's the head of the household, and everybody's kind of under her thumb. Uh, so the desire to break free, I think that's something every teenager on planet Earth can understand. That's why I love so much that poster for this, where it's just her sitting on the lamppost looking at the skyline of New York. My God, is that ever a beautiful poster that might be so one of the teen, best
1: ones they've ever done so teen angst man well that's a that's a famous comic book cover of miss marvel like i think that was one of her big oh, wow. big comics so that was a huge huge nod to her one of her famous issues oh that's so
0: cool i love but that you're
1: concert. but i think you you say it so eloquently which is like it is the teen angst that's like such a teen angst shot you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it's it just you just feel it. You feel the all the emotions there.
0: There's teen angst, but there's also teen hope. There's teen hope that like there's the world, and one day I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do something there. Uh, right now I'm stuck here in my beautiful house with a green living room that I really want because like that <laughs> thing. Uh, Let's talk about her friend Bruno. Is that his name? I uh, I think so. Yeah. He had a very Italian name, and I should have written it down, but. Uh, no yeah buddy. it's
1: bruno yeah it's bruno bruno because okay. he had it yet because he had a double alliteration fun fact you notice that in both characters kamala khan and bruno Belletti or whatever his name is balenci Bell- uh they both have the double alliteration which is a nice homage to the original comic book characters like reed richards peter parker sue storm mm-hmm. yada yada yada
0: now this guy is a genius he lives above a convenience store Uh, which threw me off at first because they go to this like convenience store and he's like, here's the suit I made for you. And I'm like, why, why is it in the store? What's the hell was happening? And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. He probably owns the store and yeah, he lives upstairs. Um, so this kid, he's like a little mini, mini Tony Stark. He's, he's making her these kick-ass gloves. Uh, so what's this kid's deal I'm assuming he's your friend in the comics too,
1: right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much uh, other than yeah. I think this character is also a character in the comics. His name's Bruno Saleli He does not have the double iteration. Oh, Kamala, he's no longer but cool. Kama, but Kamala uh, Kamala Khan Kamala does Khan obviously it. have it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so yes, he is. I he is a character in the comics as well. I think it's just kind of like the the sidekick friend who's like you know kind of like the tactician minded person where it's like hey you know why don't you try this and then they always have yeah. like they always seem to have like the the guy in the chair as the Ned the so the, there is that's Miss Marvel's guy in the
0: chair. Yeah, yeah he's that, what a perfect way to sum it up. That quote is like that will live on. It's,
1: we all know we all just inherently know what it means, right? Yeah. It's just so perfect. Uh
0: so let's make like Lin-Manuel Miranda here and stop talking about Bruno because uh, uh, I want to uh. talk about I think the the second most important character on the show, which is Mama Khan. I don't remember her first name. We'll just call her oh, Mama. Mama. Uh, Mama is, as we said, she she seems to know more than she lets on but right now she is this sort of central, uh, she is the figure who if we were back in Suja's class in college And he was asking us, what's the story? Uh, There's a formula to the story where protagonist wants to do this, but can't because blank. And in that blank, Mm -hmm. we would put Mama Khan uh, because she's sort of the one that's always standing in Kamala's way.
1: A hero hero has an action against a worthy adversary. A worthy adversary. Yeah. To 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 accomplish.
0: Yes. Thank you. That's oh well, that's well remembered, man. That's good. Yeah, uh,
1: acting under the circumstances, great book eh, if you haven't read it.
0: Well, I just I just looked up and the sky is fully purple. It is beautiful outside right now. Um, so the mother here, I I want to bring her into this because I have a lot to say about this particular subject, mm-hmm. which is the subject of Kamala is a fan of the Avengers. She's primarily a fan of Captain Marvel, but she she seems to love all the Avengers, right? She knows about them. She talks about them, whatever. I think that that is such an important piece to this story that needs to be told. And aside from a little bit in Hawkeye with the musical and with Kate Bishop and everything, we haven't really seen this story be told. And that's the idea of like, look, okay, Marvel is all about we're set in the real world. You know, we're not DC. There's no Gotham. There's no Metropolis. We're set in the real world. This is happening, as Stan Lee put it, right outside your window. Spider-Man could swing by at any time. That's, that's what Marvel's all about. So since that's what Marvel's all about, you need to take moments to turn the camera and point it at the real world so people can be like, holy shit, Thanos, uh, and, and have reactions to this. Because this world, Ryan, that the MCU takes place in, they have been through some stuff to the point where now I feel like in this world, there should exist, among other things, a cult that worships Thor. That, that will That is absolutely a thing. There is a cult out there that worships Thor. There is a group of people who are like maybe some kind of like religious zealots or something who think the Avengers are all devils. And they don't care for them, and they're like, we don't want these people here, especially people like Thor, uh, who are, or like Captain Marvel, who are not from Earth, or you know, it's it's people, you know, those weird people who are anti-immigrant, but on a larger scale, like this is our planet, don't come here, take our jobs, right? Uh,
1: they they existed in the uh, in the cartoons. They were called the Friends of Humanity.
0: Exactly, the Friends of Humanity. They didn't like the mutants one bit until the leader found out he was part mutant and Sabretooth was like, what you going to do, but right. So <laughs> that absolutely would exist in this world. There would be a group of people who are a, 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 like a large percentage of the population who are just living in constant PTSD from what Thanos did. Um, and Like the, the world would be, like the history of this world would be separated from everything that happened before New York, 2012 and everything after, because that changed the landscape of everything. Now people are getting up and they're going to work knowing they live in a world where Loki is a real person and he could come at any moment and try to kill us again. And I, I don't think we have explored that enough in, I don't want to say realistic because I don't want these movies to necessarily be realistic, but in a believable way, I feel like I don't believe yet that the people of this world have been through what we've seen them go through because otherwise, you know, they wouldn't be walking down the street. They'd just be like, to, Oh my God, oh my God, there's a sorcerer. Sorcerers exist. What am I going to do? Right. So I love that we are starting to tap into that with Kamala. But I bring her mother into it because her mother is, I'm fascinated by that she is still this old world mentality of like, never mind. These cosmic people, focus on your studies, whatever. I, I want to know what kind of person she is to live in a world where she looks up and she sees Chatari descending on the city, and she thinks, "Wow, that's scary." But never mind that. Focus on your studies. Like, I, I am really, I, I hope that this show explores what the people of Earth, the normal civilians, are seeing and experiencing. When Doctor Strange grows eight arms and punches Dormammu through a wormhole, like how are they contextualizing that? And I want to start seeing the con family as a proxy for that. because uh, again, we got a little bit with Kate Bishop and you know, those little moments in Hawkeye, like Pathanos was right, graffiti. Like, I want that to kind of be a story unto itself. And because I don't know what this story is yet, we don't know if there is a villain in Miss Marvel at all or what's going to happen. I hope that that's what the story is, Ryan. I hope it's about normal humans contextualizing this awesome thing that is happening to their planet and then, oops, our teenage daughter is now one of those awesome things, right? Uh, and I, I don't know, like, how do you feel about that, about the people of the world needing the to be more... Yeah, the friends of humanity and the actual friends of humanity who are actually like, hey, we like you. Like, how do you feel about the the people of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they should be reacting to super soldiers and red skeleton Nazis because these things are real for them?
1: I think that, you know, I first of all, I love I love the question. And I think that the interesting thing about it is it's very much like Inception, right? And with Inception. They talked about how the subconscious, you know, the more you change, the more you do, the more the the subconscious starts to attack you. Right. Like they get into like riot mode and they just go after like one person. If you haven't watched Inception, you should watch it. A lot of really interesting concepts in that movie. Um, But in we we still continue to see a rising example of thanos was right friends of humanity kind of tone you you're right we saw in kate bishop but don't forget we also saw in doctor strange the multiverse of madness when dr nick west said was that the right decision like you know i lost my brother my cats died are you sure you're right so it seems to be this rising flow of like you know people that are trying to you know overlook the facts and they're like look what are what are you really doing you know that kind of thing so That's kind of the big question about that. And hi. Nice. uh, There you go. Isabella just came in with a cameo. She's the Stan
0: Lee of our podcast.
1: (laughs) She is the Stan Lee of our podcast. Absolutely. And um, anyway, so back to uh, for those listening. Yes. uh, Isabella just popped her face in to say hi. Uh, So I think the mother may play that role. Maybe she does. Like I, what I, what I'm curious to see actually is because the show kind of ends on an interesting note, uh, because she gets her powers at the at the Avengers Con, which I don't know why we don't host those in real life, <laughs> uh, but the Avengers the Avengers Con is an interesting moment because there's two things that are happening. One, which you know, call out to Ryan by the way from Mar from actual Marvel. The the host of Avengers Con is the, uh, an employee of Marvel who does a lot of social media for for Marvel. So that was really oh wow really cool to see him in there. I'm sure that was a big win for him to finally be in the show. So uh, the um, the interesting thing about that scene is two things are happening with that audience. One is the audience celebrates that she did something really cool. Mm-hmm. Then everything starts the sky literally starts falling around them and everyone's like running and screaming and panicking. But my question is, what is the end result? What is going to be the definitive reaction to Kamala's action? Right? Like, because everyone's like, Oh wow. You're, you know, you're a superhero, but you're also like completely reckless. Like, you know, we sh-. like, our people start going to stop celebrating heroes and start being more terrified of them. And let that narrative start to escalate as like as as more origin stories happen. Like Moon Knight, you can't really do that with Moon Knight, because Moon Knight is not like the the knight in shining armor character, like, hey, you know, I'm here to save the world. He's he's a uh, in the shadows, you know, he's he's uh he's gonna I think he's gonna be like the X-Men. And I think even with the X-Men, I like I don't I think they're gonna be very covert heroes. They're not gonna be right in the spotlight. And I think with characters like Ms. Marvel and depending on what other heroes they decide to tell the stories of, I don't think we're going to get people celebrating, you know, hey, hey, is that you, Spider-Man? Could you do a flip? Like, I don't think we're going to see that anymore. I don't think, I think the the initial uh, it's the initial reaction is going to be shock and then the, the next reaction is going to be defensive, like what are you doing? So, I. but the, the real question remains, obviously the show is going to have a very positive narrative. It's going to be because it's 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 kind of a um, though it is a comedy and it's gonna it's gonna do like you know start on a high end you know have a low end and then end on a high end. Um, I think that uh, I think that this particular case um, this might be the beginning of the low end. Like she might worship heroes, but I don't think people do, and that's gonna be like the big that's gonna be her big journey.
0: So you think once she becomes a hero, she's going to see it from the other perspective and realize like, oh, people are scared of us.
1: Yeah, and and maybe that you know uh, you know that may play as part of the story with her mother. But I don't know, man. The mother is an interesting character because the mother has a lot of mystery to her right now. Mm -hmm. So really, you could Feige radar all over this place. Like you can just like. You, you know, she could have some history with the Cree. We don't know. She could also just be a motherly character who thinks, who's trying to protect culture and identity uh, of uh, Kamala, uh, Kamala because. You know, one thing about teenagers is—is is the whole point is assembling your identity and and becoming yourself. And I think that she's maybe trying to protect her and like doesn't want her to be too exposed to American culture because she wants her to, to grow up on family values and not have independent thoughts. Which is also one of the key scenes in this first episode was she's trying on a wedding dress and and you know she hears about uh. relative that decided like, Hey, I'm going to go travel the world, do my own thing. And how like both her mother and her aunt were like, Whoa, that's too extreme. So the, the mother may have, may have, you know, your standard motherly goals, but of course, with Marvel, the stakes are always raised as they say, acting term. If you have never heard of this, the stakes are always raised really high, which means like circumstances, are always more than what they seem and and they mean more than what they seem to the character uh so she could have more protective reasons because of that uh but we it's too early to tell and there's very little to work with this is this is a great emotional exploration of a character uh, of of finally seeing another more youthful character uh on this end but at the same time i mean I don't know. The mother, you're right, though. There's something to the mother. I just don't know what it is yet. But I can tell you for sure, based on the comics, I know that the father plays a very significant role of being like an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of character, just like being a mentor-ish character to her. Uh, but the mother, I'm not too sure about.
0: Okay. Well, if the if the turning red vibes that I keep getting from the story so far are accurate, I think we're in for a really emotional arc between Mm -hmm. kamala and her mom i think it's gonna get really really cool
1: yeah i and also we have the department of damage control narrative at the end credits which is kind of rare that we got an end credits right in the first episode yeah
0: Yeah, very we got the cop there from spider-man no way home uh Mm -hmm. my buddy stewie from succession i don't know if you watch succession you and isabella i think you got into some hbo shows but kind of the succession
1: we did uh, succession was a debated show that we wanted to watch, but uh, then it came down to other choices and we decided to go with those.
0: When you're done with those put on succession, you are in for a treat. Oh my God. Uh, Will do. Yeah. He's a, he's one of the main recurring guys there. And when he showed up, I was like, Oh damn, we've got some Spider-Man connections already. So those guys are damage control. I, I thought they were just cops.
1: They're the, they're part of the Department of Damage Control.
0: Okay, so they're the ones that clean up after all the the mess. The you Superheroes. Get, are.
1: Honestly, you could kind of think of them as superhero police, because okay. like superheroes have to answer to somebody, right? And and it's, and it's not going to be regular police. And the whole the whole point is the whole point of Damage Control was Tony Stark's initiative was the idea. It's it's kind of like a sub. Subsidiary of the Sokovia Accord slash comic books um, uh, Civil War Mutant Registration Act was the idea that you know superheroes need to be accountable. So who do they report to? You can't just send them to police; it's not that simple. So they created a faction of the government called Department of Damage Control, which you know obviously cleans up after superhero events. But like like actual police, they have to they have to take in a superhero and like question them and then also potentially accuse them of like essentially collateral damage.
0: Ah, okay. So that's going to get interesting because they're going to be up Kamala's butt with all their regulations. And she's going to be like, leave me be. I'm just trying to do my own thing.
1: Just a kid.
0: I know. And her, I love, it was such a beautiful moment of just seeing her make this really elaborate plan. And then nothing about it goes right. You know she's she can't leave the table on time. Like it just it's everything goes wrong from the get go. Uh, it's a great way to show how far she's going to come, uh, and I already can't wait f- to see her reaction when she finally meets Carol Danvers. Like
1: absolutely,
0: you, like what she's gonna lose her mind. It's gonna be so much fun to see that happen.
1: Oh man, I you know I I'm excited because she could revive captain marvel in a really fun way um there's a lot i mean with captain marvel i have a lot of big bets that i hope pay off and i don't know if they will one of which is that she'll introduce rogue i'm still i'm still heavily invested in the idea that she will she will resurrect or she will introduce rogue into the mcu Um, and, and, you know, we talked about a concept of a, of a video, uh, Fantasia and I, and, uh, if they do that, if they do that, they can't put Rogue in the trailer. Like you're going to, if you're going to introduce someone of Rogue's caliber, you do not hint, talk about, or tease any idea that this character is coming and you just drop them in like you did, Sort of did with the Multiverse of Madness <laughs> yeah. You don't you, you know you say it's Illuminati But you don't know who you're really getting And it, it was quite a surprise But imagine if had you not said that Had you not said the Illuminati Was in that movie
0: whoo
1: man The feeling in that theater Oh my god
0: We would have lost our minds uh, So Feige if you're listening As Rogue would put it Y'all better listen sugar Okay, mm. y'all better do what Ryan says. <laughs> but I mean, like,
1: here's the thing: like Kamala, she faces Taskmaster. Uh, or sorry, Kamala, she faces Taskmaster. She runs in Spider Man a lot. She uh, hangs out with Miles Morales all the time. She, um, oh man, she does. She like she's around so many characters. Oh yeah, uh, Miles is human. I, I
0: think Miles is also from Brooklyn, right? She's from Brooklyn too. Both yeah
1: uh technically yeah because but like remember miles is from an alternate reality so like again
0: Uh, well i mean i I mean we haven't met him yet but i mean like just from the comics miles is i think that he's also from brooklyn he could be Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely so
0: yeah so they you know once they throw him in the mcu there you go they're neighbors they can hang out all the time
1: but yeah, like there could be a lot of big cameos in this, and especially too, now that she's already with Department Damage Control, we may get She-Hulk early. Jennifer Walters may mm. appear in this series, and it kind of makes sense. Like if you here's the other thing that I think you could kind of use as like an expectation meter is like the narrative is like almost too similar to Spider Man. Like the the flow and the feel of the show is almost identical to Spider Man. It's almost okay. as if Spider-Man was a test pilot to see like how they can play a teenage story, and then like adjust it for like other characters that fit the same narrative. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, are they going to have a Matt Murdock moment where we're going to see either Matt Murdock or we're going to see uh, we're going to see Jennifer Walters be introduced in this show? But that being said, keep in mind Marvel plays it smart. If it's Kamala, if it's uh, Miss Marvel's show or Kamala's show, then Jennifer Walters probably won't be introduced because she yeah. has her own show coming. So
0: yeah.
1: save it for then. That being said, we could see Matt Murdock again, mm-hmm. right? He's he has experience now with damage control, so yeah, he could be the pro bono case for her. Um, and and first of all, another example of this, by the way, is. Uh, uh, another kind of piece of evidence i have is that her parents with the car accident and the driver instructor uh her parents just kind of dodged the whole probably you know paying for his car damages because they don't even they didn't they didn't accept any blame they they turned all the blame on everything else but her so that that would tell me yeah so that would tell me that like this could escalate to a point where she's going to need a pro bono lawyer And uh and Matt Murdoch will be that perfect kind of cameo. So we could get him again. Um kind of would be cool because so far we've seen a lot of Daredevil characters now in MCU, especially if you build it off of um especially if you build it off of uh Hawkeye, because you have two Daredevil characters in Hawkeye with Echo and Kingpin. So why not why not throw Matt Murdoch back in the ring with Miss Marvel and then continue that narrative.
0: Yeah, especially if she keeps wrecking, you know, convention halls with her powers, she's definitely gonna need a lawyer. Uh, exactly. Wow. Well, for the first episode, I think this is a really strong pilot. I think we get a bunch of information in a pretty tight 40-ish minutes. Um, I'm really liking how a good of a start Miss Marvel was, and I'm glad all those crazy, stupid review bombers were proved wrong already. They uh, were. They were. They were. They usually are. Uh, Ryan, do you have any final thoughts on Miss Marvel since you are Mr. Marvel?
1: Thank you. Uh, I would say, like I said, I think this is a great exploration of a teenage coming of age story. Yes. Like, don't, like, again, this show could be one of the biggest surprises in terms of Marvel content yet. We don't know. So far, Doctor Strange kind of really. Uh, You know, you thought Spider-Man No Way Home played it up with Daredevil. Well, like, Doctor Strange just, like, amped that up by, like, 20 more uh, notches. And then, like, we got everything else. So, Miss Marvel could be another big, like, drop of characters. We don't know. It's kind of too early to tell. Um, My biggest question, though. My biggest interest in the show, is she going to tie to the Inhumans? And if so... (laughs) that could open a lot of doors. So that's my big interest in it in terms of Marvel world stuff. Other than that, this is just going to be a fun ride with a great story and just like great comic book feels. I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, I love it too. And I love the, the visuals. If they keep these strong, beautiful comic-y visuals up, this story could literally just be about her picking her electives for grade 12 and I would be entertained by it um so i'm I'm on board. They have sold me with episode One, which is kind of their job. so good job, Marvel Studios. you've done it again. Ryan, Where can the good people find you when you're not planning Avengers con One because you have to start planning that. <laughs>
1: Uh, you can find me online at Twitter as you guys seem, I, I, anytime I start posting anything, you guys seem to come right out of the woodwork and it's really nice to, to see that. So thank you so much for that. So you can find me on Twitter at uh crusader online. And then if you just want to see some personal stuff, I post every once in a blue moon, you can join me over on Instagram at Ryan J whitehead. Uh, so you can join me there. Uh, and then if you want to catch me live, you can catch me live Tuesdays and Thursdays on Xbox Canada, Over
0: on Twitch, and we really need to stress again, guys. The personal stuff he puts on Instagram is not nudes. Please stop (laughs) asking for nudes. All right, Ryan. If you want to give them, you are free to. But guys, please don't harass Ryan for nudes. He will post them when he's good and ready.
1: You don't want them. You don't want
0: them. And you can find me on Instagram and the twit at uh, Andrew Fantasia, and then you can find me here. And on the our sister show, the Rebel Scum Podcast show on the Rebel Scum Podcast Network, talking about the Star Wars, uh, because there's Obi-Wan is also out right now, so uh, that is, you know, he's my second favorite Star Wars character, so that's kind of a big deal for me, I am all over that. Um, but yeah, that is where we are, that is where you are, and I hope everybody listening everywhere has a Miss Marvelous Day. That's a pun.